Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Good morning, you guys. Um, so, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It is a good morning. Being in the house of the Lord is always good, right? It is. Um, so, this morning, I wanted to share with you guys um, just this kind of like visualization thing that that um, Pastor Chelsea had taken a group of people through a couple months back. And so what she did was she had us close our eyes, and we had to picture ourselves that we were someplace. And she didn't give us any directions, right? I'm like, well, like, am I, like, laying on the beach, or am I, like, in the woods? Where am I? And she, she's like, it's up, like, it's up to you. It's wherever you think that you are. So I'm like, okay, so my eyes are closed, and everybody's eyes are closed at the same time, and we're visualizing it. And she goes, and just picture that you're walking down this path. And I'm like, cool, like, what does the path look like? Because then I'll know if I'm on the beach or if I'm in the, you know, like, give me a little bit more details on this, right? Nope, nope, nope. She doesn't tell us what the path looks like. So it's it's left up to our, our own device in our own head. And so I'm walking down this path in my head, and I'm like, oh, gosh, okay, this is this is cool. And then you see a tree. Perfect. Is it like a big tree? Is it a little tree? Is it like a palm tree or like whatever those trees are that are in the forest, whatever those ones are called. Is it one of those trees? Because then I'll know where I'm at. Nope, no description was given, right? And so um, in my mind, I was walking through the forest. And if you know me, I'm not like a super like outdoorsy person. Like I don't enjoy bugs and like things that can eat me and stuff like that. So um, so it was interesting that I was in the forest. Um, and the path, of course, and had trees and that kind of stuff. And there was this big pine tree. And then she said, you know, picture that there's a, a gift that's wrapped up in this box under this tree. And you have this key. What does the key look like? And, and you know, she didn't give any of the details. And then she said, now I want you to unwrap this box. And it's a gift from God. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what's God going to give me? And God gave me, and he gave everybody different things, right? He gave some people, like, physical items. He gave some people, um, you know, uh, concepts or ideas, and what he gave me was joy. He gave me joy, and I was so touched because that's that's special, right? To have the joy that can only come from the Lord, and and so that's what our message title today is: is choose joy, because it's important to choose joy, and joy is a choice, right? It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come. Like, just because you're like, oh, I want to have joy in my heart, I get to have joy. No, there's activation and there's things that you need to do to recognize the joy that you have in your life. And so this past couple of months, um, I feel like I turned 40 at the end of September, and I feel like things have just kind of been like, right? Um, and I'm like, is that, like, that really happens? Like, I thought that that was just, like, made believe, make, made believe and stuff like that. And... Um, and so uh, the past few months have kind of been a roller coaster for me. And if you know me, you know that I get motion sick just even like driving in the car. So um, roller coasters are not my jam. I'm like, get me off of this thing. I'm done. Like I did not buy a ticket for this roller coaster. This is out of control and I want off now, right? And unfortunately, part of life is you don't get to choose your circumstances, right? You don't get to choose your journey. You don't get to choose any of that kind of stuff. But you can choose joy. And so um, I love looking up information. I, my memory is not the best, but that's a different sermon for a different time, so I won't go into all of that. But um, one thing that I looked up was I wanted to know more about joy in the Bible. 
right? And so I looked up, and I found that the word joy is used just joy by itself, not rejoice, not joyful, all of the other variations of joy, but just the word joy itself is um, used 333 times in the NLT translation. So 333 times. And then I was like, well, okay, so joy, well, like happiness, right? Happiness, that's kind of the same. So how many times is happiness or happy used, Um, whichever the variation is? Happy or happiness is used 52 times. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Why would joy be used so much more? Because like joy and happiness, those are essentially like the same thing, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so um, happiness is fickle, right? It means it's inconsistent. It changes based on your circumstances. If you are going through great things and someone gives you a million dollars in small unmarked bills, you're happy, right? But if somebody steals that, you are no longer happy, right? And so happiness changes, and happiness is not constant. And so um, joy, on the other hand, it sticks around. It doesn't get chased off by trouble. You can still have joy in the, mi- in the midst of, of what's going on, the circumstances in your life. Um, it's a perpetual gladness of the heart that comes from knowing, experiencing, and trusting Jesus. And we have access to joy but we have to choose it. We have to choose it. It is not just automatically there. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you that you woke us up and you put breath in our lungs, Lord, and you gave us purpose to be here this morning, Lord. We know that you are a good God and you love us and you want good things for our lives, Lord. But we also know that we can sometimes stand in the way of what you have planned for us, Lord. And so, Lord, we just pray today that you would just give us a new sense of joy in our hearts, Lord, that just cannot be replaced by anything else, any of the turmoil, any of the trouble that we're going through, Lord, that it is just stays consistent and it shows up day after day after day, Lord. I just pray that for every person that's here listening to this message today, Lord, that they wake up in the morning and they choose joy. And I pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So our first Bible verse, and and if you know me, I love, like, I was telling AJ um, as I was preparing for the message this week, I was like, I just want to have all Bible verses. Like, I don't want to talk about myself. Like, I just want to, like, rattle off, like, 10,000 Bible verses. And he's like, yeah, but that kind of, you know, and I'm like, okay, fine. So I cut it down to only six. So last, last time I think I was up here, I want to say that I probably have like 15 or something like that. And so I cut it down to six. And so these ones are obviously very special. But I am going to give you ones that you can look up at home, right? Okay, I'm still going to get my other ones in. Okay, so um, if you guys can go ahead and turn in your Bible to Romans 5. And as you see me rubbing my eye, I have like an eyelash or something in there. So it's just, yeah, causing me lots of joy at this moment. <laughs> Okay, Um, so Romans 5 and then verse 1 through 5. So it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We And we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. 
Did you catch that? We're to rejoice when we run in to problems and trials. Verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. How good is that? How good is that? It tells us right there, like this is, this is God's word, that we are to rejoice when we run into problems and trials, right? We don't um, just sit there and, you know, I mean, a good cry is always good, right? Only for the women, maybe. Maybe the men are not into that. But, but women, we know that sometimes you just have to cry it out, right? You have to, like, get yourself and, and just cry it out. But it says that it helps us create endurance for the race that God has put before us to run, right? And so you don't just go to the gym and pump some weights, and then you're like, oh, cool, now I can lift, you know, I don't know. I don't lift a lot. 20 pounds, right? Um, so you don't just get to, like, lift 20 pounds and then be like, oh, cool, tomorrow I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lift, like, 200 pounds, right? No, you have to build endurance. You have to practice that. And so um, that's exactly what happens as we come up to trials and um, uh, problems and trials. We have to develop, develop that endurance so that we can withstand. And so my first point for today is I will choose joy by fixing my eyes on Jesus. So I will choose joy by fixing my eyes on Jesus. And so, um, sorry. Um, so I just wanted to share, um, I have a dear friend, and her name is Donna Hinkle. And she is, I want to say she's probably about 75 years old or so. And she teaches with me. She teaches math. She's actually Ava's math teacher currently. And um, Donna is a retired Marine. And so she, that woman is literally, like, tougher than nails. She'll be like, oh, yeah, I fell off this ladder, and I, like, caught myself, and I think I broke my wrist, but I'm not going to go to the doctor because, like, I can just wrap it up and, you know, put a little duct tape on there, and I will be fine. Like, she is, like, she is tough. Or she'll come, like, with these, like, rips open on her skin and stuff, and, like, she's like, oh, I'm just going to put some Band-Aids on there. Like, it doesn't even hurt that bad. And I'm like, dude, like, I would be crying and be like, give me the doctor hospital but no she does not do that this woman is 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 so um so strong and um I have gotten to become or gotten to learn how to become a leader from her because she led marines and she has and Ava can attest to this she has like uh, the iron fist in the classroom and Misty Misty got to shadow her and got to help in her math class um and so she is 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 a marine through and through and so um in early October, she comes to school, and you can just tell that something's, something's off. And I was like, Donna, I said, you know, what's, what's going on? And she shared with me, she goes, um, like, this, this has been the worst week ever. And I'm like, well, like, what's going on? And now we don't teach, like, it, down the same hallway. We teach down different hallways, so we don't get to see each other all the time. And she goes, Sarah, you know, I was um, my son, and, and, you know, I knew her son and had met him and stuff. And she goes, you know, he's, he's been gone, and, and I didn't realize why he had been gone. And I was like, okay. And he also struggled with mental health and substance abuse issues. And, um, and I'm like, okay. And she goes, Sarah, she goes, I went to the condo because they had purchased a condo for him to live there. And she goes, um, 
I I tried to get in, you know, she has a key, and she goes, but the door was locked. And I was like, okay, well, like, use the key, and I'm not going to get in. And she goes, no, she goes, I had to use all my body weight and thrust myself up against the door because the door had been nailed shut from the inside. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Donna, like, wow, like, that's that's crazy. And then she describes how everything looks all normal downstairs, and she's like, what's going on? And then she walks up the stairs, and... Um, and she gets to, you know, the master bedroom. And again, the door, she can't get the door open. And so she proceeds to, you know, ram her body up against the door and a dresser had been pushed in front of the door. And she walked in there and um, she was like, I will never forget this, just looking at my son's body lying on the ground. And it had been determined that he had been dead for about two weeks when she found him. And so you can imagine that that picture just kind of burned into her head. And she cried and she was like, that was my son, Sarah. And I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, what do you do, right? And so I just said, can I pray over you? And she was like, absolutely. And so we got to pray. And she goes, that, that image is just burned into my mind and I just, I can't get rid of it. And she, you know, being the strong Marine that she is, she sucks back up in her tears, and she's like, but it's okay. Like, it's okay. I know that he's in a better place. I know he's with the Lord. I know he's in a better place. And, that, and so I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, when you walk into something and you're not expecting to hear that story, but that was her reality. And then um, I think, I don't know if the picture was able to get up on there, but um, so this Donna, and that's her husband, Carl. And Carl is also a retired Marine and um, served his country well. Um, And so this is a picture of them at their son's um, funeral. Now, Carl, um, Donna pointed out, this was on their Christmas card, Donna pointed out, she goes, you know, he's not there. Like, his eyes, he's not there. Well, Carl suffers from dementia really bad, to the point that he doesn't even know who Donna is on most days, and um, which is heartbreaking. And uh, so then... Gosh, probably, I think it was uh, after Thanksgiving break, we got back, and and I was like, hey, you know, how's Carl doing? And I've been over to their house and talked with Carl, and he asks me if I have my ticket, and I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to have a ticket to, but I do not have it yet, but I will be getting it, Carl. And he's like, okay, good. I just want to make sure that you have your ticket. And I'm like, okay, I will absolutely get it. And... Um, and she goes, no, she goes, uh, Thanksgiving was bad. She goes, I had to put him in a, in a psych ward, like a veteran psych ward, um, because he tried attacking me. Um, he went out into the shed, and he grabbed, like, an axe, and he grabbed, you know, all of these different tools in the shed, and he was, he was trying to attack me. And he goes, I couldn't, like, he was going to break open the window. I had to lock him in the backyard um, and, and call somebody to come and help me because he's, he's, he's a danger to me. And her heart was just breaking. Like, this is her husband of 50 years, and she's having to call. And so then, you know, we kind of talked over the course, and um, and she's like, you know, I'm just, I'm so sad. Well, he wound up from the psych ward having to get admitted into the ICU because he developed pneumonia in his lungs. And, um, you know, just super sad, but he got put into isolation, so she wasn't able to see him. And so not this past Friday, but the Friday before that, so was that like a week ago or something? Yeah, about a week ago, um, Friday a week ago, um, she was down my hallway, and she was she was talking to me and, you know, sharing some different things, and we were laughing and that kind of stuff, and, um, and she goes, yeah, I get to go see Carl tomorrow. It's the first time that I get to see him, 
um, that he's that he's come out of you know being in isolation because he was out in like Chino Hills and it was the traffic was too much by the time she got done teaching and got off and, and drove out there so it was the first time she was going to get to see him and then she goes but Sarah like it, the pictures of him it's so sad because he has tubes all in he's not responsive um, and they told him that you know he wouldn't want a feeding tube and so I, I don't know a lot about that stuff but I guess that you can opt out and not give somebody you know feeding tubes and um and so she was like, he's so, like, skinny, and he's emaciated. And he and she goes, Sarah, he wouldn't want to live this way. He would want to be at home with the Lord. Like, he doesn't, this is not how he wants to live. And she goes, and so, like, my prayer is just that the Lord takes him, like, when, when the Lord says that time's up, that he just takes him peacefully. And so I said, you know what, Donna, I'm going to be praying for that, you know, for you as well. And so we stopped and we prayed in the hallway that day after school. Um, and then, you know, I take Ava and we go and we're, you know, finding snowshoes and that kind of stuff, a big five. And then I get a call from my best friend at work and she was like, Sarah. And I'm like, what? And she goes, um, you have to call Donna. And I was like, why? And she goes, um, I just heard screams coming from her classroom. And I went in there and she had received the call that Carl passed away today. And I was like, what? Like she was just supposed to be there seeing him, you know, um, and so I called up Donna immediately, and she goes, Sarah, I didn't get to hold his hand one last time. I didn't get to hold his hand. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Donna. And, um, and then we got to talk about how he's in a better place and how he's made whole, finally, after all of these years of dealing with dementia, he's made whole. And so Donna, you know, the, that tough Marine in her, she sucks it up, and she goes, Sarah, I am so joyful that he is made whole. And so after all of this, right, she fixes her eyes on Jesus, fixes her eyes on Jesus, and, and that's what she has. So then, so that's Friday. So then Monday, you know, we had, we didn't have school because it was a holiday. And Tuesday, Donna shows up at work. And people are like, what is the matter with her? Like, what is the matter with her? Like, and I'm like, oh, you know, because she had to take off a lot of time with her son and the passing of that. And, you know, teachers only have so many days that you get and that kind of stuff. Um, and they're like, why is she at work? And I was like, I don't know if her days ran out, but, but this is where she needs to be. Like, she doesn't have anybody at her house, right? Her son's gone. Her husband's gone. She doesn't have, like, a dog or a cat. Like, she doesn't have anybody at her house. And so this is where she needs to be. And they're like, no, like, she needs to be at home. Like, she needs, you know, saying all of these things that she needed. And so then that day, Ava needed help with her math. And I just said, hey, can, can I walk down real quick? And, and can I, you know, can we come down? So she explained some math that was totally out of my league. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. But hopefully Ava's got it. And if she hasn't, then we're in trouble because I don't know this math stuff, okay? Um, like fractions and like parts of holes and parts of this. And like if the licorice piece is this long and you want to cut it like this long, then you have to, you know. So it was just, I was like, I don't know. And then so I left Ava to do her math, and she's rolling her eyes at me and all the things that, you know, preteens do. Um, because I'm like, you go over there and do your math, and let me talk to Mrs. Hinkle. And so, um, so I just said, Donna, like a lot of people, they didn't understand why you were here today. And I said, but I understand. And she said, Sarah, this is, um, you know, uh, I had a Bible verse that was given to me. She got this, like, you know, devotional that she's reading each night. And it talks about um, peace that surpasses understanding. And she goes, I, I have that peace. And she goes, so I can be here today because I have that peace. 
And she said a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that joy and that peace knowing um, that, that God is for them and that God is with them. And so um, I just go back to that. You have to fix your eyes on Jesus. Because if you fix your eyes on anything else in this world, the world tells you, you take off of work, you don't go to school, you don't care about those kids, you don't do any of that stuff. Like, you focus on yourself, right? But no, her eyes are fixed on Jesus. And so I just wanted to share Donna's story about somebody that has true joy in the midst of what can potentially be seen as the worst days of of her life. So my next verse for you guys is Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. So it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And so that word endurance comes back again, right? And endurance is the power to continue something unpleasant, so continue an unpleasant situation, without giving way. So how do we run with endurance? We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, At Sisterhood on on Thursday, I mean, we finished up our book study that was called Uninvited, and there was a part of the book study that we brought up, and it said, this is my, like, paraphrased, like, added in, removed, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I figure it's not the Bible, so I'm good to kind of do that with other people's words, right? Um, So it says basically, in my terms, um, that you can go to Bible study. You can say amen to every point that the pastor says. But if you don't apply it in your life, you won't be changed. So think about that again. So you can hear all the things. You can know all of the information. But if you do nothing with it, you will never be changed. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be changed, right? I want to be changed for the better. I want to change so that I can be more like Jesus each day. So with that being said, I decided, I was like, okay, well, I need to give some activation points. I need to, like, tell people, like, what can they do, right? Because I'm giving them this information. Now I'm going to tell you guys some things that you can do. So the first one is look up for hope. And so the, the Bible verse, see, I told you guys, I'm not going to read it to you guys, but I'm going to give it to you. So read um, Psalms 139. Not right now, when you go home, because you're going to activate this later on throughout the week. Okay, and then the second thing is to look back at God's faithfulness. So look at what has God done for you? What has God taken you through? You are all standing, well, sitting for the most part, unless you're in the back. Maybe you're standing, Um, but you're all sitting here today. God has taken you through some stuff. Raise your hand if God has taken you through some stuff, and you've all come out on the other side of it, right? Or maybe you're in the middle of it right now, but God's waiting on the other side for you. You will get through it. And so for that one, you're going to um, read Lamentations, which, whoo, 3, 17 through 
And then the last thing that you're going to do is to look forward with confidence, knowing that God is with you. And so that Bible verse is Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Um, Lamentations was three seventeen through 24. It is not in the Bible notes. Nope, because I was limited on how many Bible verses I could put in the Bible notes. It is not in there. I wanted to stick to my, <laughs> I was like, I got six. I only got six. You know, I cut it down. But anyhow, so go home, read those. So that way you can look up for hope. You can look back at God's faithfulness in your life. And you can look forward with confidence. Okay, good. So my next point is um, I will choose joy by leaning on the Lord's strength. And just for the record, I am preaching this at myself, okay? You guys just get the pleasure of being here and listening to me talk to myself through this. So um, these are my points. (laughs) The Lord is speaking to me and telling me that I need to do these things. Okay, so I will choose joy by leaning on the Lord's strength. So um, this one we are going to turn to, because this is one of my six, so I can have you guys turn to it. Okay, um, is 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. So 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. This is Paul. Um, It says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He said, just take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Verse 10, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness And the insults, hardships, persecutions, and trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Ooh. 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 Ouch. So I have to admit that I'm weak. Right? So that God can can step in because he's the strong one. But how many of us try to do everything all on our own power? You don't have to raise your hands, but if you do, then then you're honest with yourself, so that's great. Okay, um, so, yeah, okay. Um, so now another little story time. Again, I was like, I don't want to talk about myself. But um, over the past, I told you guys, since I turned 40, it feels like it's kind of all been downhill since then. But um, I've dealt with super stressful things at work um, where parents are calling and requesting meetings with me because I chose not to take this group of students to Disneyland because they, like, want to stand up on buses and leave kids out and just be mean to other kids. So I'm like, I'm not taking you guys to Disneyland. And I said that, and whoo, you want to get parents upset, you tell them that you are not taking their children to Disneyland, and they will be upset at you, okay? They will call meetings with the principal with you. They will call and ream you out on the phone for a half an hour. Like, they will get very, very upset with you. Okay? Take it from me. I know. Okay. Um, So, I mean, at one point, they sent an email, and they said, like, why are you even a teacher? 
Like, why, why do you do this? Like, you just like to make the kids miserable. You like to tell them one thing and then take it away from them. And I'm like, okay. Um, I mean, that's not why I became a teacher, but I guess, you know. Um, and, and in all honesty, that stuff ate away at me. And so I would go into my principal's office, into the counselor's office, and I would be crying in there during the workday. And I would be like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I want to quit. Like, please, just let me leave. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm so grateful and thankful that my principal did not take me at my word. And she, I still have a job, so, um, you know, I didn't get what I asked for. But in the minute, that's what it felt like I needed. I needed a break. Okay, well, maybe if I, like, say that I'm going crazy, then someone will, like, write me a doctor's note out and I can take some time off of work, right? Maybe I need a leave of absence. Maybe I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. And, um, you know, but she stepped in to help support me and that kind of stuff. Um, so... That was, you know, in October, I think, that I told the kids. So then um, fast forward to Thanksgiving break, and I'm dealing with all of this stress, and I get a pinched nerve in my neck. And I'm like, seriously? Like, finally, like, a little bit of time off to rest and to relax and to just get to enjoy myself. And I think if you saw me at church at all, you saw me being like, hey, hey, oh, hey, you know, like, and not helping do anything because I had this pinch in my neck. And I was taking medication. The medication was making me tired. It was making me um, what I thought was dizzy, <laughs> which is funny. But um, then um, mentally cloudy, like I just didn't feel like myself being on this medication. And so then that subsided and just in time to go back to work, you know. And I'm like, okay, like let's do this again. But then I was so stressed out at work that um, I got this rash all over the upper part of my body. And I'm like, what is this from? And people are like, it's the stress. Like, you come back to work, and you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, are there more parents? And sure enough, more parents showed up and made those phone calls and sat across the table with my principal and yelled at me and told me how awful I was and how I made fun of their child's speech impediment and because I told them to speak louder on the morning announcements and all of this stuff, right? And so um, just all of these, like, twisted, twisted things about me. And me being, like, a perfectionist, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I am obviously am the world's worst person. Obviously, people hate me. And, and so I let myself get the best of myself, right? Um, I felt like I was being bullied in my own classroom. And this stress of, like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to have to see these kids. Like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and then Christmas break shows up three weeks later. Um, only to be met with um, intense waking up at 4 a.m. and having this intense spinning going on and just dripping buckets of sweat and my, my hands going numb. And so, you know, I wake up AJ in the middle of the night and I'm like, I need help. Like, something's the matter with me. Well, I had to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, you have to get me to the bathroom because otherwise that's going to be even worse. But, um, but uh, you know, and so, so then I go to urgent care the next day and I spend six hours in urgent care, you know, on, on the break to be told that it's vertigo. And I'm like, okay, cool, like that's fine. So then I take the medication, but then the medication makes you tired and then you feel like you're gonna be spinning the whole entire time. And so then you sit on the couch the, you know, for essentially a week. And then as you guys know, we got to go on um, a pastoral retreat where like I was finally feeling better. I'm like, okay, yes, like my brain was fully on and we got to sit in these meetings right? And, and I love meetings. I love organization. I love planning. I love all of it. You guys laugh, but I'm being totally serious. <laughs> like, if you want a meeting with me, I am totally down, okay? Like, I love meetings. People are like, I hate staff meetings. And I'm like, I like them, <laughs> you know? And they're like, we hate you. It could have been put in email. But, you know, that's okay. Um, 
And so, uh, so we have these amazing conversations on our pastoral team and all of that kind of stuff. And then we got to go on a cruise, and we got to meet Ruana, which Pastor Keith talked about a couple of weeks ago. And she is just this amazing woman. She was standing in line behind Pastor Chelsea and I at the grocery store. And um, I heard her so say, oh. And I turned around, and I was like, oh, like, are you okay? And she looks at me like I'm crazy. And she goes, yeah, I'm okay, my wrist. Like, I just have some arthritis in my wrist. And I was like, okay, like, can I help you, like, unload your stuff onto the conveyor belt? And she goes, no, I, I got it up there, but thank you. And she goes, you know what? That's what 2023 is supposed to be like is having people help other people and having people concerned about other people. And so then I, you know, lean over and we get to pain for ourselves. And then I ask Pastor Chelsea, I'm like, can we just like wait? Like, I know it's awkward and we're like standing up here like next to these things and there's like security guards um, at the stores in Long Beach because I think people steal stuff or whatever. I don't know. And so I'm like, is it weird that we're just like standing like next to this like wall of like, I don't even know what it is, but we're just, and I said, but can we pray for her? And she's like, yeah, of course. So we said, can we pray? And she stops her cart, and she was like, you want to pray for me right now? And I was like, yeah. Like, is that cool with you? Or, like, I know it's awkward, but, like, is it okay? And she's like, absolutely. And um, I, I won't share the whole entire story, but um, we got to pray over her, find out that she's homeless. And she's living in a homeless shelter, and people have slashed her tires on her car because she was living in her car prior until she got into this homeless shelter. She said it's a, just a dark, dark place, like a dark place. And, she w- and I remember she said, um, the Lord is my strength. And that's what she told me. Uh, or she told all of us because we were all there at that point. But she said, the Lord is my strength. And then when Pastor Keith asked her to sing, just the joy that lit up in her eyes, she did not sing one song for us. She did not sing two songs for us. She sang three songs for us. Because the joy that she had in that moment, being reminded that she is God's child and that God sees her and God has not forsaken her and God still loves her and that the Lord is her strength. She can't do it in her in herself. So then, you know, fast forward to that, we get on the cruise ship and people are like, oh, you get to eat all the food that you want. You get to like hang out and do all of this stuff. I've never been on a cruise before, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. Remember the motion sick, like not liking roller coasters type of a thing. So I like wear this patch like behind my ear and I'm like, oh, okay, like I can do this. I, d- I didn't vomit just so everybody knows for the record. I did not vomit on the cruise ship, but I did not feel right on the cruise ship either. And so the waiter would come and bring out our food and, um, and I would take like one bite of it and then he goes, oh, you don't like it. Let me bring you something else. And I'm like, no, no, like my husband will eat it. It's fine. <laughs> and he did. He ate two dinners every night because... <laughs> I would order it, and then I'm like, I, I, I have no appetite, so I, like, didn't eat hardly at all. thought I would have lost weight on the cruise, but I didn't, so that's a fun fact. Um, uh, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, the, and the water was, like, the weather was cold. It was rainy. We go to Ensenada, and I'm thinking, like, okay, Cindy, we have our friend Cindy down at TCM in Mexico. And I'm thinking, like, okay, like, I, maybe I can call Cindy and she can drive down here and she can pick me up and she can just take me home because I want to get off of this thing. No, no. The weather is so bad that they don't let anybody debark in Ensenada. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, so instead, we're going to go back out for a fun day at sea. That's what they called it, a fun day at sea. I'm like, no, no, this is not fun. This is not fun. I want to get off of here. Like, I mean, we docked. We, like, pulled up to the dock, and I'm like, I could just, like, jump off real quick, and, like, nobody would know I was gone, you know, the whole nine yards. But 
alas, um, huh? Yeah, there's a manifest, and they would be like, hey, where's Sarah Twist? Whatever. Okay, so I couldn't get off the boat. Um, and so then we got home, and then I realized, you know, we got off the boat, and I'm like, okay, a day or two, like, I asked Heather, I'm like, how are your legs doing? And she was like, oh, yeah, I just slept it off the next day, and I was fine. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, the patch that I wore on my ear had made my vision all blurry. So, like, I can't look at anything on my phone and see it. I have to hold it back like this and kind of, like, squint a little bit and um, to see it because the patch had, like, made my eyes blurry. So I dealt with that for two days returning. And then I dealt with, I think it's called, like, maldisembarkment or something like that. And um, it's where you feel like you're still on a ship for a while after being off of it. And so it took an entire week to feel better after that. And so I'm, like, in my classroom, like, trying to teach, and I'm, like, leaning on things, like, ah, I hope I don't fall over, like, in the middle of my, you know, students being there. And so, and then at one point, like, during that whole time, I thought I was having a heart attack because uh, my chest just got very tight and stuff, and it, it was just, like, this series of, like, series of unfortunate events, you know? And I'm just, like, is this what life is? At one point, um, I, I came home, and I, I, in my head, I thought, I was like, am I dying right now? Like, are these all signs that I'm, that I'm dying and I just don't know it? And um, so I was, he was like, you were crazy. Like, one night I just, like, hugged her, like, the whole entire night. And I just was, like, holding her and crying. And she's like, why are you crying, Mama? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not. Like, I don't know. Just let me hug you. And I'm telling AJ, like, every other sentence, like, hey, so what's for dinner? I love you so much. I, I just, I love you and I appreciate you, you know. And Caden is at his police explorer program. And, um, and I'm sure AJ said, like, you need to go see your mom, like, you need to go see her. And so, you know, just hugging and stuff like that. And, and they were just all of these signs. And, and one thing that I realized, like, in the middle of not feeling well, I would just be like, Lord, please heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, like begging, right? Like it says um, in that Bible verse that three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And I was begging the Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. Um, and so that's why I said I'm preaching to myself, right? Because I need to remember that I need to rely on the Lord's strength because I can't do it on my own, right? In this minute, like even today, yesterday I wasn't feeling good again and I've had bouts of this vertigo stuff, um, you know, this past week still. And it's realizing that I can't do this on my own. There's nothing, there's no medication that I'm going to take that is going to make all of this disappear, right? There's no magic cure for any of this. This is life. This is real life, right? And um, I have to give it to God because I'm weak. And he's the one that's strong. I'm not strong. I think I'm strong. Like I think, yeah, I'll go in there and lift that, you know, 200 pounds of weights, but I'm not strong. And so I think that admitting that you are weak and that you need the Lord is huge. Um, my next Bible verse is uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. And I'm ch- I got a couple of minutes left. Um, this is the Bible verse, actually, that Donna was given uh, the night her husband passed away. And it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Verse 5, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. We don't know the day, we don't know the time, but we know he's coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Nothing. It doesn't say worry about only the things that are a scale 10. No. It's don't 
worry about anything. Instead, what are we supposed to do? Pray. Pray about everything. Again, preaching to myself. Don't sit there in my self-pity and, and wallowing. Pray. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. In the midst of all of it, God was doing good things. Did I see any of it? Like, did I see any of it? No. I didn't see a single thing. In that whole entire time, I didn't see anything good. All I saw was the bad stuff that was happening to me, the bad things that were going on. I didn't thank him for the good that he was doing in, in amongst all of that. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and set and minds as you live in Christ. And so since then, I've had good days rejoicing, being grateful, but I've also had additional episodes of the vertigo making things challenging, but now I'm remembering to thank God. So yesterday, I didn't feel good. I was up in Orange County getting to spend time with my baby niece and nephews and my mom and dad and uh, my sisters, and, um, and it was a great day, and then 3 o'clock rolls around, and it's like, I do not feel good, and my mom's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? But... And I got home safely, thank God. Um, but, and, but I am thankful to God that I got home safely, right? I am thankful to God that I had those hours of goodness and joy and being on the beach and playing and holding babies and things of that sort. So even in amongst all the dirt and all of the junk that's happening, there's speckles of hope, right? And there's joy, and you have to find the joy. So activation for that one is to pray in times of trouble and blessings, both. Don't just pray, thank you, Lord, for giving me a million dollars. No, you have to pray in times of trouble and blessings. Read your Bible. God has a lot of promises for you. And then my last point for today is um, I will choose joy by remembering my blessings. I will choose joy by remembering my blessings. There's a song called I'm So Blessed by, I think it's called Cain. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. That sounds about right, yeah. So it says, I'm so blessed. I won't sing for you because I don't want to scare everybody away right now. But it says, I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. Trouble knocking at my door today, I ain't going to let it in. And worry want to steal my joy away, but I ain't going to let it win. Because on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. Um, I've got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. And then it goes on to say, uh, they sing, obviously. And when I count the problems that I see, um, hope looks all but gone. But when I count the ways you're good to me, you've got me counting all day long. And then it goes on. Listen to that song. It's good. Put it on repeat. So when you sit down to start to think about all of your blessings, sometimes you're like, you know, okay, like, cool, I have, um, I have a job. Awesome. Right? That's good. And then, but I don't really know what else I have to be joyful about or blessings. Um, do you have breath in your lungs today? Yeah? That's a blessing. Do you have clothes on your body? Blessing. What about food in your stomach? Maybe it's not the food that you want. Maybe you have to eat top ramen, but at the end of the day, do you have food in your stomach? You do. That's still a blessing. Do you have fresh air to breathe? Guess what that is? A blessing. Do you have fresh water to drink? Look at that. Another blessing. 
Maybe you have a job. Maybe you have a roof over your head. Maybe you have people in your life that love you dearly. You got it. Those are all blessings from God, right? So activation for that is sit down and actually list your blessings. List them out. List them out. Don't take things for granted. There are people that don't have fresh water to drink, don't have fresh air to, to breathe, don't have food to eat, don't have jobs. So sit down and listen to your blessings and remember what God has done for you and refocus on what God is doing. Trust and continue, uh, trust God that he will continue to provide and care for you. Okay. Last Bible verse. I'm still going, you guys. I'm sorry. I love the Bible. It's too good. Like, we would be here all day, seriously, if I did all of them that I wanted to. Um, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. Verse 6. So, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv slash giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.